Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. So, I'm going to blast the ad super quick, so don't blink. show is brought to you by Popple. Awesome digital business cards. Go to TravisCritch.com backslash Popple to check that out. show is brought to you by TeamHopeLifters.com. That's just a space on the worldwide interwebs. Uh, lots of cool stuff happening over there. It's got some big updates coming, so don't sleep on that. So, head to TeamHopeLifters.com to check all that out. And it is also brought to you by TravisCritch.com. That's my space. Not MySpace. Guys, we do this all the time. Um, it is my place on the internet, and so head over there, check out new stuff. Uh, Immediate Resilience, that is the new new over there at TravisCritch.com, so check that bad boy out. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty rad, and I'm pretty stoked about it, so check that out. And then lastly, but certainly not leastly, the show is brought to you by my man with the Disney and other vacation plans, Ian from the Pixie Planners, the self-proclaimed Harriest Pixie. Um, he's a total rock star. He, his thing is he wants you to have a great experience, right? He doesn't want you to go on vacation. He doesn't want you to go on a trip. He wants you to go take an experience and uh, create memories that are going to last for a long, long time. So if you are in the mood or in the market to go on a vacation uh, to get that experience, check out my boy Ian at TravisCrutcher.com backslash Pixie Ian, and he will hook you up. So here's the deal. Today, I have an awesome guest joining us on the show. His name is Jameson Mercado. So dope name, right? Um, but I've known Jameson for a very long time, and it was funny because the way this interview got set up, we talk a little bit about it at the start of the show, is he he was doing some of the things that he lives by and didn't even really know it. But um, the interview got set up through a Facebook comment, of all things. Like, it's really that easy. Sometimes he just dropped a comment on something that I posted. It was like, let's do this thing, man. Um, but what's amazing about it is he was kind of taken aback by me saying, hey, you should come on the show. And we did a little pre-show talk because we've known each other for a long time, but haven't spoken face to face in a very long time. Um, and he he was like, "I don't I don't get it, man. What are we gonna talk about?" I'm like, "Dude, you have a compelling fucking story, and it's awesome." And he he didn't see it, and so that that I think is one of my favorite things of this episode is sometimes in life we we are remarkable and we miss it because it's us, and everyone has a tendency to devalue what's closest to us and what is closer than your own life experience, right? But I think after hearing this story, you will agree that Jameson Mercado is a remarkable fucking human being. And so I am stoked to have him on the show. I hope you guys dig it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, he didn't hold back, and he just he brought some gold. So I hope you guys enjoy this special episode with my man, Jameson Mercado. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Go and drive them. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Hopefully All right, here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, hey, we're hey. with my friend and and patriot. Like you know, I said <laughs> things in the intro, but probably not enough. Um, Jameson Mercado, how's it going, man? Good, man. How's it going, Joe? Dude, amazed. Like, first of all, thank you for doing this. I know it was, it's funny because the way this came about is <laughs> I posted some sort of, I, I won't say I wasn't an ass. I wasn't like ranting. I was just pointing <laughs> out like a way to, to do business is don't leave yeah. people on emoji, right? I'll agree. Don't leave them on emoji. And I, I had someone who was trying to come on the show and they were like, yeah, that sounds great. Well, what about this? And it was back and forth, very fluid conversation. All of a sudden they stop. And then just hit heart on my last message. I mean, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> they left you on red. Right. It, not even. They left me on, you know, look, let's be real. Here's what I said in the post. And and you you are unbiased, right? 
because yeah. Jess and I have a very clear cut, you know, outlook on what this emoji means. If I send you a thumbs up, what does that mean? Okay, cool, whatever. Very meh. Yeah, see, yeah. I I read it as <laughs> fuck you. That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah, that. I can see that. Like, a, yeah, you're not good enough for a, at least a K. You get. You know what I hear? You'll this will resonate with you. What I hear in my head when I see a thumbs up response to anything I send to people is like when Joe used to go, huh? I'm like, oh, you little bastard. I know that means fuck you. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, oh, hula sarn. Got it. Like, well, remember, we used to call that the H word. It was a forbidden. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I had that post up and you chimed in with like, I'll be waiting on my invite to be on the show. And I was like, okay, how about like next week? Like, <laughs> Let's <"What?"> do it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, for real? Yeah, so that is that is how short notice this is. So thank you for agreeing to do it on short notice. But what was cool is we did a brief pre-show because you and I go way back. Um, I think the last time we served together was like we were under Moses or something like that. Like we, yeah, something like a long 2007, time. Two thousand seven, six. Yeah, yeah, it would have been two thousand seven. The last time we kicked around in the sand together, and yeah. and it was cool because when we did the pre-show. What folks don't understand about weirdos like us is like. It was like we talked yesterday. Yeah. And and I think, you know, it just kind of bleeds through a lot of times mm-hmm. when I have friends who I served with on the show. We're like, oh, it's like you guys talked yesterday. Like, nah, we hadn't talked in like almost 20 years, man. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> but what was cool is going to the pre-show, like you were kind of taken aback. Like, why would I have, why would I be on your show? Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, you've got a compelling fucking story that people can learn from, man. Exactly. <laughs> and so I want to get into it. Like, I guess we'll start with. You know, you and I served together during OIF one and OIF two, and then two point five or whatever. It went from the good times, yeah, from good RO, <laughs> right, from good rules of engagement to really crappy rules of engagement. We were here during that, you know, invasion to you can't shoot anybody, and yeah. um, so that was the last time we saw each other. And after that, like I went to the trade out route, did drill, did all that stuff. But you went to ninja school and started hanging out with like you know all the secret squirrels. So tell me, <laughs> it's true, it's true. Yeah. It, True adjacent. Um, so I left y'all and I went to recruiting and that was fun. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah, really. No, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I, at first I would tell people recruiting was awful, but I met my wife and, uh, and then we got divorced. So then recruiting was just awful in general. And, you know, I was, I was single and I was doing like the single paratrooper thing at Fort Bragg. It's my, that was my next assignment. Um, and deployed to Afghanistan and then deployed to Afghanistan again, because, you know, whatever Afghanistan. Sure. keep doing that yeah and uh the second time over i was joking with some of my guys like oh you know i'm single now but i'm gonna find this girl with kids boom instant family that's what i'm gonna do that's my plan right like half joking you know whatever and uh end up you know coming back doing the whole you know whoa yeah whatever and then i walked into a vet clinic and new vet and there was my wife working she's my just someone i i had seen and ironically, a friend of mine was like, you know, when I, he saw me get divorced and was like, you should get back on the horse and get on, on uh, the Tinder. Yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's what I should do. Um, I didn't do that one. I did plenty of fish and she was on that, ignored me for an entire year. Awesome. And I, right. And I thought she was fake. And I was like, oh, it's one of those really attractive girls that, you know, whatever, not really there. It is what it is. End up running into her, start talking to her. Um, and I knew pretty quickly that, that she was going to be something special in my life. Like, she's probably going to look at me stupid if she listens to this. Be like, you did. And I'm like, I did. 
I knew. Um, I kind of went out of my way to plan stuff. Like we did, we did a, uh, for Valentine's after I got hurt and got out of the hospital, we did ballroom dancing Whoa. and we were the only couple that was super dressed up for it. Cause I was like, Oh, ballroom dancing. You gotta be like in a suit and a tie and a dress. And everyone else is like jeans and t-shirt. And I was like, okay, okay. Overdressed. Right. Got it. But when the guy came up, that's right. Yeah. When the guy came up and was talking to us, um, he's like, I'm with the Fayetteville Reporter. Can I ask you some questions? Blah, 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 blah. We're like, yeah, it's fine. And he's like, how long have you known each other? And we're like, oh, we've only known each other like a little under a year. But, uh, you know, I stalked her for a hot minute on social right. media. And he puts that in the article. And I'm like, oh, right. God. That's good. Why would you do that? Um, but no. So, yeah. So I met her. I, you know, I didn't meet the, her kids at first because, you know, you don't want to just introduce them to any random person you're right. talking to. But, but uh, and I'm meeting the kids and I'm like, Great. She was perfect. And now these kids are so awesome. Um, and then I ended up getting hurt. And um, well, I guess really rewind that when we first started talking, her stepfather um, was getting ready. He was retiring out of special forces, like 24 years. Right. Wow. Just straight doing the, cra- the crazy stuff. Right. Just a ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Super ninja. Um, and I was like, you know, I talked to her and I was like, hey, I have a packet in for Delta support. I want to be part of that. Like, that's my goal in life. And she was like, whatever makes you happy, go. I was like, awesome, cool. Ended up getting hurt, um, which is pretty crazy because I remember being on fire, trying to stop, drop, and roll. Doesn't work if you're ever curious. Just pat yourself out. It's way faster. <laughs> um, putting myself out, you know, bullshitting with the paramedics, like, because they, they blew out my vein on my left arm. And I was like, aren't you a pro? How do you miss this? We're driving. Right. And then um, asking for drugs, getting to Cape Fear, the hospital nearby. And there was an EMT there. And she's like, what happened? And I was like, I wanted some cherry jello. Oh, I kind of burned myself, too. I don't know if it's obvious. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the last thing I remember. And, dude, and then so I woke- what's crazy about this next part, and I don't want to steal it, but like yeah. I didn't realize this because, it, you know, you were connected to some of us still through social and whatnot. And like, we're all in different places in the army at this point. And it was like, we heard you got hurt yeah. and then you just disappeared. And we're like, what the fuck, man? Like, we, we, and you know, the, obviously like some of us, like we were pretty close. We were very tight in our working group. And so it was like, where the hell did he go? Like everyone's worried. And, and for you, it was not the same. It was not, no. you hadn't disappeared. So it, so ex- explain that and and I lead that into like your first thought because that shit is amazing. Well, I didn't know the time, but I took a chemically induced nap of three and a half months. Wow. Um, my wife, well, she, girlfriend at the time, because that's how she met my parents. She called and was like, hey, you don't know me. Wow. And uh, he might die. He's done it once already. You might want to come to North Carolina right now. <laughs> Immediately. So, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that was the introduction. It wasn't like, hey, dad, this girl I'm dating, she's really awesome. Um, I want to be with her forever. It was like, hey, your son might die. She come to North Carolina. By the right. way, I'm his girlfriend. Surprise. Um, but I took a three and a half month nap. And then uh, I woke up. And I remember I woke up and it was dark. So I thought it was the same day because you no know, sense of time when you're sure. sleeping, obviously. Right. Um, you know, you're on the wireless charger that is your bed. And I wake up and there was this lady reading and she had like lights on her on her glasses and she's reading a book. And I remember I was like, what's going on? And I looked over and she's like, oh, you're awake. And I was like, yeah. She's like, are you thirsty? And I like, I didn't know, but I had like, I had a the tracheotomy tube in me. I had hoses everywhere. And I was like, yes. 
<laughs> she's like, okay. And she grabs this cup and this little like sponge on a stick. And she dips it. And she's like, don't suck on this. And that hit my tongue. And I was like a vampire that hadn't drank blood <laughs> in a millennia. I was just like, oh God, oh, I got to drink it all. And she's like, do you want more? And I was like, yes. And she dips it again. And she's like, I'm like, oh God, it's so sweet. And then she's like, you can't have any more. And I was like, that's awful. What are you doing? And she took off. Um, and like the next day, I remember the doctor was like, why are you awake? And I was like, what you do when you, when you gain consciousness? <laughs> why are you like, asking? Yeah, like, I don't know. Um, the day I woke up was the only day my wife had actually, because on the weekends, she would like go home for a day. Right. Laundry, make sure everything was okay, come back, and then just sit there. Like you, I mean, you saw the pictures I sent you. The yeah. um, the temporary, like the little don't touch him, he may die gowns. She was there so long after a while she didn't even wear them. Right. They were like if you were if you were gonna kill him with something you had, it would have happened already. Right. Right. <laughs> so um so she came back and then she, you know, she saw that I was awake and she saw me, you know, they pulling the the the, the breathing tube out and uh, all the crazy stuff. I think one of the craziest things is once I really woke up and I took the tube out because I didn't realize for a hot minute I wasn't eating because I had the tube in my nose. Sure. Um, they're like, you're on a chopped diet. I'm like, what does that mean? They're like, anything you order is going to be chopped up because you may die. And I was like, okay. I guess. Like, I'm not a doctor. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I, I do that. And then one time she's talking to me and she's like, you know, we're right by Cheesecake Factory. I want Cheesecake Factory. And I was like, oh, that sounds so good. Go get Cheesecake Factory. And she, I mean, she had my card. I didn't care. And the nurse comes in. She's like, are you going, are you doing okay? I'm like, my girlfriend's going to get Cheesecake Factory and I'm going to eat it. So if I die, I'm going to die fat and happy. And they're like, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll take you off the chub diet right there, sir. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, so she comes back. And of course I'm like, this is so great. And then I overate. And then they're like, here's your drugs. Go to sleep. And I was like, no, I'm not. And I was, I was no, just done. Just done. Yeah. Um, so we spent another, I think, month up there as they pulled me off all the pain drugs and, and all the fun stuff. And then during that time, the nurse case manager from the WTU came in and she's like, I'm your nurse case manager for WTU. And I was like, am I getting out of the army? Holy shit. And she's like, no, 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 no. It's for people that are getting out as well as people recovering. So you can focus on recovery. I was like, okay, cool. Cause I still want to go do the thing I did, which, or wanted to do, which is the Delta Delta support. And she's like, good. I hope you do. It'll be so great. It'll be so awesome. And I was like, yeah, whatever, lady. Um, <laughs> during that time, because she told me like, oh, well, you know, you were hurt, so you'll get money. And I was like, oh, hurt? Why do I get money? Like, I, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, I had to learn how to walk again. I found out uh, if they don't bring a podiatrist in, they won't cut your toenails in a, in a coma. Fun mm -hmm. fact. If you ever... Interesting. Yeah. So make sure like if you ever get a coma, you're like, bring, bring a podiatrist in. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I had to, uh, I had to learn how to walk again. And then my physical therapy ended really fast. When one time, like I turned the wrong way out of, out of the physical therapy office and I spun around on my heel, like I was doing an about face. Right. And they're like, okay, you're done with us. All right. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> and, uh, I had to go to WTU at Fort Bragg for a little bit. And then they released me back to my unit and my unit was like, what's your plan? I'm like, I still want to go to Delta. I still want to go to Delta. And they're like, all right, cool. Go. And then the army had other plans for me and they sent me to TRADOC to OCS. Um, it wasn't my dream job. Sure. Know? And then I, I was kind of like, well, I'll do my time here. And, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll still, I'll just get in better shape because TRADOC had a little better, better schedule. Except at OCS, they don't tell you that. Um, you work like a drill sergeant without the hat or the money. 
Yeah, that's right. the thing people, yeah. you know, when you're a kid, like we were growing up, you don't, you, when you're out playing G.I. Joe, it's never <laughs> like after the conflict, like, ah, I want to go be an OCS instructor. This is going to yeah. be awesome. Go. Everyone into kicking doors. Nobody wants to right. train the people. <laughs> um, so I go there and I was like, whatever. And our youngest, um, like she was coming up on three, right when the COVID thing hit, you know? And maybe two, three, something like that. When COVID really kind of, oh my God, it's going to kill us all. And uh, when Christmas leave came around, they're like, hey, you get two weeks. I was like, cool. And they're like, and then you get two weeks after that. I was like, what do you mean? And they said, well, you get two weeks after that to make sure you don't have the virus. I was like, right. okay, whatever, cool. <laughs> and um, and she at that time was starting to talk and, and she's she's super, I'm, all three of the girls are super smart, but she was telling me things like, you know, dad, I want to watch this movie, dad, brush my hair, stuff like that. And, and right then I went from like, I just want to kill bad guys in foreign countries forever. And I was like, done. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm out. I just, let me just end my time and, and move on with the world. Um, <laughs> the, the army gave me the option and I said, no, I think I'm good. I'd rather just hit my 20 and, and chuck up the deuces, hang my hat, call it a day. And now I'm pursuing going through school so that uh, the next couple of years, not more than a couple, but. I'll be a, a a doctor of veterinary medicine if that works out. Nice. And so here's what's That's crazy. Awesome. He goes, "Why would you have me on the show?" Right. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty monotonous. It's not really very compelling at all. You're right. But it's I mean, so- I don't think how many of your guests have died four times. Am I the first? You're the first that's died four times, yeah. Yes, for sure. I think Kirk may have died twice. Right. That's right. But yeah, but, so far yeah. you're winning. In, in numbers, yes. you have it. it <laughs> and this is what I say when everything's a competition, right? This is what I mean. <laughs> everything's a competition. It is, it is a special world, the military. <laughs> and so when you were like relaying all this to me, because obviously there was a lot of white space in there I wasn't privy to. Mm, yeah. But it's like what, what stuck out to me was, first of all, for folks who don't understand what WTU is, this is like... It, hearing that you know sets off alarm bells in a careerist head because it, that means you're done right almost yep. all of us do default to oh shit they're going to try and separate me right and i know in my career they they tried to med me twice man and i had to fight it both times and so what what i found compelling when you were talking through that is like first of all the first thought was cheesecake factory which i think we need to pause and just reflect on that and appreciate that for a moment <laughs> and then and that tiramisu to the tiramisu cheesecake yes. right Yes. And and then as soon as the WTU case manager walks in, you're like, whoa, 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 I'm not getting out, right? And so the reason I want to focus on those two things is because I there's there's a lot of power there that you obviously do not appreciate about yourself, my friend. <laughs> but in in that situation, in those circumstances, normal, and I'll put this in air quotes because we don't know a lot of normal people from what we used to do, yes. but normal people would would be in straight catastrophizing mode, right? They would they would be questioning everything that's next, all the what ifs, all the and and for whatever reason, and that's what I want to dig into a little bit, for whatever reason, when faced with what would seem insurmountable to other people, your first thoughts are cheesecake factory in your career. Yes. And so what is that? Like and you know, you the and cheesecake I cheesecake factory is where they make excellent cheesecake and a menu that's way too thick. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, that one kind of explains itself, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> But so within the career aspect, though, like not only did you want to go back and you wanted to go back to doing something really fucking hard. It's like you said, I want to go back and, you know, go back on recruiting duty and change my MOS to something like Romeo. You know what I mean? Like you weren't yeah. going to. 
you weren't going to take some bullshit desk job. You're not going to try and reclass to God forbid 42 alpha. I said it <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you wanted to do hard shit. And so what, what is that? Like, what is it that makes you default to that instead of catastrophizing and poor me? And what is it that makes you just go, fuck this. I got to get up and move. Um, I think so when I was a young Joe, probably right after I met you, um, and I, I first learned about, you know, Delta Force, oh, the right. mystery organization that was the <laughs> coolest of all the cool. Um, there's a book about their first mission. And uh, if, if people don't know, it was a catastrophe. Um, they were supposed to go into Iran and get the hostages in the 80s, and it didn't work out. It was a big thing in the desert. Um, but in the book, when the helicopters take off and light the fuel um, divots on fire, they're trying to get accountability like anyone would do, you know, Hey, where's my friends? Where's my buddies? And uh, one of the guys says he runs into the plane and the guy was sleeping, you know, the plane's landed and he's like, Hey, the plane's on fire. And so the guy in the book, the guy gets up, he sees the door open. He runs the door. He tries to jump out and jumps into a stabilized position of free fall and falls about, you know, 10 feet, hits the, the desert ground, gets up and runs away. And, you know, later at accountability, he was like, why did, did you jump out of the plane? You didn't have a parachute. And he's like, look, Planes on fire. Solve the first problem. Move on from there. Get out of the plane <laughs> on fire. And that just always kind of stuck with me. Like if you take all the problems and you just stack them, they're horrible. But if you go first problem, what I got to do? Okay, that problem solved. What's next? What's next? What's next? And then you just go from there. And so, yeah, that's such a good strategy. Just one piece at a time. And it, but yeah. the, it is a great strategy. And what's what's great about that strategy is there's a billion gurus on the planet that say the same bullshit. Yep. And and I would say probably on average 78% of all humans don't do it. Yeah. And so you you get you get wrapped on the axle of oh my god. And so what was it in your head that was bigger than the moment to know that you had um, to take the first step? I think once once I really started walking around the hospital and you know they allowed me to do things, it was just I wanted I wanted that accomplishment. I wanted to look back and go, not only was I in the initial invasion and then with the strikers and, and their first hoorah that we call kind of was like, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, <laughs> and the second one, which it was questionable. Was, like, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was sketched at times, but uh, <laughs> you know, I wanted to be able to look back and go, I, I was part of the best. Um, and I guess looking back, I always kind of was part of the best. I joke that like, why well, I, I always tell people like, I didn't really do anything, but, I got to stand in the shadow of giants for 20 years, like right. people that I would never forget, even if politically now they're like, you're a horrible person because you don't agree with me. And I'm like, I guess. Like, whatever. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. But I, I got to stand in the shadow of giants and I kind of wanted to try to make my mark. Uh, and well, I never thought that even if I made it there, I would be like that guy that pioneered some new crazy, awesome, like, Oh my God, this is the best thing we've ever done. And you've revolutionized how we do this. Right. I wanted to say that I was there. That I was at the show that I was there making the big decisions and all that good stuff. But that in itself is revolutionary because there are not that many people that are willing to do that, that after having gone through some major crisis is like, put me back in. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. So that is really, it is, it is a testament to your personality and how you think, which is, why it's so valuable to have you on the show. <laughs> oh, thank you. The other thing that I, you know, you said it several times and I've heard you say it before 
and I've espoused similar sentiments in the past that like I walked in the shadow of giants thing. And, and I think that when people hear guys like us say that they go, Oh, you're just being modest. But the reality is like, there is some sort of like weird ingrained, like maybe we're afraid to get in trouble if we don't humility in some of us. Right. And so it's like, you know, we can throw out some names here that we'll both know Buck James fucking legend. Right. Yeah. Um, Sar Major Sagerbush, fucking legend. Johnny Blue, legend. I mean, we yeah. we have some what we call giants that we just feel humbled to walk next to. And and because of what's crazy though, if you talk to them just another Tuesday, right? Yeah. And you talk to us just another Tuesday. And I think it's one of those things that not a lot of people on the planet are willing to do anymore is to look at those that came before you and try and emulate that try and and it's it's almost like you see like you know we were we were young kids when the first time we were all exposed to buck james and we're like (laughs) holy shit this guy is next level right like i'll never forget jess was there when we were doing our pre-oif1 brief and we were in carry theater dude and the big xo just would not shut the fuck up (laughs) he just wouldn't quit talking about what the latrine setups are going to be and it just innocuous information that Going into our last four day before deployment, no one gave a shit about. Yeah. Never forget okay. <laughs> Buck James popping out of the front row, grabbing his SOG tomahawk and slamming that shit into the stage. And he's like, You're done. <laughs> and he's like, Everyone, no, no accountability formation. <laughs> yeah. And it's those moments where, you know, as young soldiers, we look and go, I want to be like that when I grow up. And I just don't think that when we see, when we saw guys like that, it was not just, I want to be like that grow up when I grow up, but it was also like challenge accepted. Right. Yeah. Because we saw the impact they made on us and we wanted to have that same or, you know, even a breath of coming close to that impact. So what is it you think that precludes the average person from doing that in their life? From just wanting to, to kind of aspire. I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I've realized being in the military that it takes a special person to to not just join. I mean, obviously, you know, to give up all your self-control, but it takes a special person to really sit there for that long haul and sacrifice, you know, weekends and holidays and birthdays and special occasions because the mission, whatever that mission ends up being, you know, um, I think a lot of people just don't want to give up that like, well, you know, I know I should go to work today, but I was up a little late playing Xbox. I think I'm going to be uh, sick. Right. <laughs> hey, yeah. boss, I got a little bit of the fever. Maybe the COVID's. I should stay home. And they're like, yeah, stay home. You're like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it isn't, I think there's an environmental thing, but you, you and I also know, like, having been there, that that's not 100% of the participants, right? Not yeah. 100% of the people that raise their right hand actually pull that shit off. I would. Oh, say- yeah. You know, you're looking at probably less than 10% of people that raise their right hand actually walk that walk in a, what I would consider an honorable way. And fuck your feelings if you're in this. I don't care. Um, And and then, you know, leave an indelible impression on people along the way. And so I think that there's got to be something. Yeah, I think the military is is good at drawing it out of the individual. But I think there's got to be something that, you know. I don't know how deep into your, how, how much you want to lean into the feelings <laughs> as much as you want them down. But there, you know, I can tell you from, from my lifetime, it was, I grew up hard as fuck, you know, was not an easy run. And so by the time I got to the army, I was like, shit, whatever, man, this is you know, yeah. pretty simple. Y'all are going to feed me how many times a day? This is great. <laughs> 
And so what was it, if you could reflect back, was there a moment or a, a an occurrence or just a, a way of being that you were like, that you can look at it and it was pivotal and, you, or pivotal and you're like, okay, like this is how I'm going to do life from here on out. Um, I think it's every time I came up on, on like the end of a contract and I was like, I'm going to get out. Cause you know, like every E4, every- young E5 in, in the army, I was like, I'm going to get out and make $6 million a second. Going to like, Blackwater. Yeah. I don't know about Blackwater. Yeah, something. But I was like, I'm going to make all this money. And then I would like go home to Texas and see all the people I graduated with. And I would remember my recruiter telling me like, you'll come back and they're doing the same shit with the same people. And I'm like, that's no, they're, my friends are different. And sure enough, a lot of them, same shit, same people. And I was like, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want this. Oh my God. Um, and I'd be like, okay, four, four more years. Four, and then of course they'd be like, if you do one more year, you get like, a thousand more dollars and then right. you know you're like 21 you're like a thousand dollars that's amazing and we're always overseas so it's tax-free right exactly <laughs> Sign me so up. i was like i was like let's go again and then at a certain point like i hit that point i was kind of like man i've been doing this for like 10 years fuck it like let's do another 10 yeah let's yeah. get that let's get that paycheck for the rest of my life i mean she can tell you like i came home with that same lie yes six different times like okay last time yeah, and then i'm gonna get it. out um <laughs> like i just want to go one more deployment just one more Right. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, no, it didn't happen. Like, okay, so tomorrow I'm in death. Are you guys going to come to that one? Or, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never been to a reenlistment ceremony because they've all been overseas. <laughs> yeah, surprise. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, so in, in the transition, well, first I want to talk about the transition piece a little bit because what I think is wild, there's a few things about your particular transition story that stand out to me. Number one is the catalyst for change um, because I think that's huge. And you may not realize it, but in my crazy brain, I've already snapped linked it back into all the other things, right? Yeah. So, like, the catalyst for change was that, like, aha moment of, like, because I have a very similar one when I left corporate and started the business was, shit, man, I'm going to miss it. Like, I've, I've been gone. You know, yeah. all they know is dad, the drills aren't, dad's deployed, dad's on staff duty or whatever. And yeah. it's, I, why would I miss it now when it, you know, it sounds terrible, but, like, your ROI is not as important as the nation's ROI, right? Like no organization yeah. will ever be as important to me as what we did before. And so it, it was one of those moments like, well, I don't want to miss it. And it sounds like you had a similar moment with your kiddo, like going, okay, I'm not missing this. Yeah. It's it, the, like, as much as I love jumping out of planes and shooting guns and blowing in doors at two in the morning, like, yeah, hey, it's so much fun. But then when she was like, do stuff with me. And then now when she like, you know, talks to me and she has like full-blown conversations and she'll tell me like, dad, I have to drink milk so I can grow up big and strong like you. And I'm like, how do you, why are you talking to me like this? Like right. what's going on? <laughs> Touchy words. Yeah. And she'll use like big words and she'll be like, oh, I know I'm really smart. Cause I'm like, what? Get out of here. I mean, you are, but geez. Um, it just made me kind of go, you know, I-, I rolled the dice quite a few times when I was younger um, I mean, you were there. We had a bunch of situations where it's like, we may die. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and I kind of was like, you know, you can roll those dice a bunch of times. And some people roll them for 30 years in the military and you know, a couple scars, a couple crazy stories. And some people roll them and hey, that's it. Lights out. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So. And I, and I just get made- that aspect of it, but I think what people are going to miss is like they're going to hear, oh, you opted to not, you know, go back and do the selection route and then do, uh, you know, support. But it's like at, at that point in your life, 
that's actually the easy, less fearful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's easy. Exactly. And that that's what people miss. Go ahead. Well, it, that is a that's a common conversation around our houses. If you're if you're frustrated with something, it's like, oh, if I could just go back to being deployed and everything was so much simpler then, you oh, know, yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? People are trying to kill you. I know exactly the point is easy. You, you wake up, you eat gym, watch movies, patrol gym. Eat, look, eat, look at photos of anything other that's sticky. Yeah. And go to sleep. I guess <laughs> it. It's an easy life. And and that's the thing is like what what, what people see on the movies is one little yeah. micro chunk of our day. We're like oh that's the that's patrol. It's like four to eight hours. It's not a big deal. Like it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys get shot at? Yeah, a few times. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. And so at that point in your life, that would have been the easy answer. The yes. less you know, what next kind of yeah. response? It's but the known enemy. Being a being a parent and and full time in the family right. and doing all the other things in life that that's not even been an option because the military is like, here's what you wear. Here's when you eat. Here's when you do this. You almost can't fuck up the military. Almost. <laughs> almost. Boy, but People almost, still do it, but it's, it's hard. They, they are champion level ones right. who do. Yeah. Um, but what's, what's cool about that, man. And it's the, the part that I, what my brain ties all this together is like from start point to end state in your military career and then beyond is what I hear is like legacy building, mm -hmm. right? So like you wanted to leave a lasting impression on the force. I know that you did. And and maybe there won't be a book written about you, but I can tell you that there's countless individuals who have your name in their mouth on a daily basis because the impact you made in their lives through your leadership and your teaching and all that stuff. But then you looked and said, okay, what is my next legacy building challenge? This shit's easy. I can go pew pew for another 10 years, no fucking problem. Yeah. But the next hard thing for me is to be dad all the time. And dude, I've been there. That shit is kind of horrifying, right? It's rough. It's not yeah. like the movies where it's just, oh, you're so cute. And we click on. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, I don't want to hit you, but I'm sure tempted right now. Please, stop it. Yeah. 3 a.m. and yep. screaming baby. It's like, what is happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want. Use words. <laughs> and now they're using words. You're like, will you shut up? Right. Stop using yeah. all the words. Yeah. yeah. Once they started talking, it was game over. Oh, trust game it. Over. Trust it. That was the end of silence. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's like, it's that next level of legacy building. And what I think is so cool about it, it you know, I my brain connects things in a, in a weird, funky way. But then even beyond that pivotal moment where you're like, okay, this is the next hard thing for me to do. The, the fact that you leaned into veterinary medicine and I, I know the start point for that, but it's like, that's some more legacy building shit you're doing there, man. Because, you know, say it, you can say it on this show. It's not a bad word. What, what <laughs> breed do you really like? <laughs> uh, oh, pit bulls. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, we love Super scary. Right. <laughs> yeah, the my, um, I had bulldogs, Amer like Amer the a recreation of the old English bulldog, and I had bulldogs. And have you seen them? You have them. They're they're fat and they're cute, and they do stupid stuff, and they fart like no other. Right. <laughs> and they sound like little pigs walking around just all the time. And I like had a bulldog. Back in the infantry. Was, yeah, pretty much. Great. Those anchors <laughs> that became infantry or something. <laughs> but um, I had one, and I was in jump master school. He was thirteen. And he decided after breakfast, he was like, I ate some food and now I'm on the way out. And I was like, 
awesome. The first day of pretest where I could pass this this thing in Jumpmaster, and you decide this. Awesome. Jumpmaster. Like, yes. well, let me ask, because I didn't ask this during the pre-show. Did you go to Benny, or were you at a resident course in Bragg? I was a Bragg Jumpmaster. Okay. So, sorry, someone who's listening going, oh, a Bragg Jumpmaster. No, no, no. The only reason I is, me. is the schoolhouse in Benning, because it's Jumpmaster and Pathfinder together. It's like the most yep. oppressive building on the planet. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like everyone yeah. is suicidal <laughs> all the time. Everyone it's, walking it's, around there looks like they're just at the very end. Just of their walking road. the green mile. You you learn so much in Jumpmaster. Uh it's a three week course. Some people do it in six. Some people do it in <laughs> nine. I was a nine week person because uh I'm obviously not that smart maybe. I don't know. But it's you learn a lot. You learn a lot in a very short amount of time. Some so people do it one of those several years. This is a true yeah. story. <laughs> I went with my first sergeant and he Oof. wore E seven rank for the entirety of the course, so they wouldn't kick him out. It was like a career bucket list thing for this dude. He's like, I'm not gonna fucking fail this again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I gotta get it. <laughs> but no, um, so he he died, and it was really sad. And then my my wife and I were talking, and uh, I was like, you know, if we get another dog, I want one of the I want a pit bull because you've had pit bulls your whole life. And I was like, but I want one of those giant monster, like put armor on it, ride it into battle. Right. Pit bulls. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we had seen the dog, the Hulk on the internet. But of course, if you see him, you're like, there's no way he's real. He's Photoshopped. Like dogs don't get that big. That's impossible. Um, and they had put up a post saying, hey, we have this dog here. We're thinking about franchising. If you're interested, let us know. And my wife and I kind of talked about it. And I'm like, well, you know, they come in. That'd be fun. Maybe kind of whatever. <laughs> Get excited. And uh, yeah. And then um, so we reached out to them and talked to Marlon and Lisa. And I think it was over the course of three, four months, they took to like screen us to make sure. Cause obviously, like if anything goes wrong with, especially with a pit bull, people aren't going to see like well trained pit bull used improperly maul someone to death. They'll just right. be like pit bull mauls man. Right. Yeah. yeah and they're big names. Race. Yeah. So they have to be careful. And uh, I was like, all right. So we ended up franchising with them. Um, and we got the Hulk sister, Storm. Marlon brought Storm to the house. And I was like, oh, thanks. I didn't want to try to do Hampshire. That's so awesome. And then he <laughs> brought Hulk out of the car that he drove in. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's a large dog. He's the only dog that made me like take a step back and like reach toward my waistline. Like, Look, I got a forty-five on me, and I'll put it in his face. I don't think it's gonna stop him though. Right. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him some scars. He's gonna remember me by. It. I know that. <laughs> That's gonna be memorable for everybody. Yeah. But he was a, just a big, gentle giant. He's just a big mush ball. Um, right. And that was the beginning of our relationship with him. And we talked to them a couple times a week, and we have actually puppies on the ground right now. Aww. That are uh, Hulk nieces and nephews. Jeez. Great nieces and nephews. Aww. I can tell you, man, like cuter in the world than a pit bull puppy every single day. And this is not a joke. Every single day I will show her something from y'all's Instagram Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's like it it took me a while to win her over to pit bulls. I mean, not too long, maybe a couple years into our marriage, but it was it was a hurdle. Right. And so now I keep it fresh, even though we've got one upstairs who's just racked out. So like, remember how adorable they are. This is what puppies look like. Don't forget. I mean, nothing is as exhausted as a pit bull that's done nothing its whole day. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, dude, I mean, and that, you know, just kind of trying to summarize a little bit because there's so much. I mean, we could probably talk for three hours, but yeah, it's like, easily. 
what what I love about this is the the idea of you don't have a compelling story. And then, and but what's great, like, I hope you're going, oh, shit, he's right. It's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I did yeah. some cool shit. I guess, I guess I've done some stuff with some right. cool things. <laughs> well, I think both of you, you have to recognize, you don't have to say it out loud to anybody, <laughs> but you have to recognize you are both giants who have cast enormous shadows for people to have the same feelings that you felt about the people before you. And you just need to tuck that away someplace and and remind yourself quietly whenever you need to, because it it is you guys are powerful, impactful people and and it's all in there and the world needs you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. You're welcome. I have to turn my, my camera off, otherwise you're gonna watch me cry. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how we take that kind of comment. Which Thanks. Is- Thanks. Anyway, however, you perceive. Quick, deflect, deflect. <laughs> humor, so, humor, quick, poopy humor. Exactly right. <laughs> oh yeah, you heard what we were saying before the show. Anyway, um, so let me. I'm going to ask you one question. Yeah, of course. And it's not going to be. Uh, hopefully, it's not wildly introspective, and it's not going to be uber personal. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, what is one thing that Jameson today knows that he knows that he knows that you wish you had known? When you were 15. Ooh, 15. Ooh, yeah, I had to hit you hard. Uh, 15. Something I wish I'd known then. Um, and I think the military time is don't be afraid to take the risk. Don't be afraid for that no. You know? Yeah, like, I, I knew that know. even even putting in that packet for, for the Delta selection, the support side, they could have been like, hey, man, thanks for coming out. If you could lose our number afterwards, that would be super. Thanks. Right. Um. <laughs> So I guess don't be afraid to take the, to risk the no, whether it's a class you want to take or something you want to try to do or that person at the gym that you're like, oh, my God, that's the person I need to go talk to them. The worst you get is no. And if you get no, that's the that's the first problem. You've solved it. Move on. From there. Dude, that's that's great. That's perfect. <laughs> we could not have scripted a better closing statement. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, so tell people where they can find you and your puppies and yes. and the puppies. Talk about puppies. Um, well, puppies are, are fat and they bark a lot, but we love them to death. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Dark Dynasty Canines North Carolina, on uh, Instagram, DDK9NC, and TikTok, Dark Dynasty Canine North Carolina as well. And then my personal Facebook, which is really boring. I don't post anything because uh, I use it to mostly screen prospective clients or I put memes on people's pages that I know and then get on podcasts, Yep, which is uh, <laughs> Jameson Mercado. And uh, so I'll put all those links in the description of this episode. But man, like, thank you for for doing exactly what you said, right? Thank you for having the idea of legacy building being bigger than any of your your fears or whatever the fuck. Also, thank you for living that last statement you made about don't be afraid of the no, because otherwise you wouldn't be on the show right now. So thank you. Yeah. And I know the listeners probably appreciate the show that too, man. So thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate the holiday brother. And I'm super glad you were able to come on. Oh, thank you. All right, folks, there you have it. So, you know, at the top I said, uh, this guy's a badass. And so now my question to you is where's the lie? Where's the lie, right? Total badass. Um, but like, you know, what a compelling story that, that is always going to, when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, damn, like, 
you rock, dude. You kick ass. And so that is my friend. That is my man, Jameson Mercado, true American badass. Um, and now doing great things for dogs. And man, come on. If, if you don't give him a follow on Instagram, there's something wrong with you. You, you, you don't want to see puppies every day. What, what planet are you from? Right? So I'm going to put all his social links in the description of this episode. Give him a follow. I'm telling you, it, it is like medicine for me every day, checking out the pictures of these puppies they post. So check them out. Uh, hope you guys dug it. Hope you took something away from it. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you.